Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards with Impact Cyber Church. You know, today we're diving into one of the undergirding truths or undergirding universal principles, and we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but we're talking about one of these truths that if you don't get this truth and begin to apply it in the way you deal with life, you will never actually be able to grasp, understand, or enter into what the Bible calls the kingdom of God. Now, keep in mind, I'm not talking about whether or not you're saved. I'm not talking about whether or not you're born again. You know, the Bible teaches us that all of the children of Israel, you know, they were all baptized into the rock, and that rock was a type of Christ. And it seems maybe that Moses was like the Holy Spirit attempting to lead them uh, on a journey into the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honeys, a land that, that where they would live in houses they didn't build, where they would eat from vineyards they didn't plant, and where God would make them secure forever. But in order for that to happen, they had to trust God and they had to follow God's wisdom because, you know, everything that God ever gave man to do was for his own good. You know, with the children of Israel, God gave them all kinds of things that we have made sound harsh and hard and legalistic, but the real truth is it was about how to have a country that would always be independent, that would always be free from oppression, that there would always be justice, that, that the poor and the needy would be taken care of, that the wealthy could not dominate and control. <clears throat> and, and that's called the, the kingdom of God. Uh, or actually it was called the promised land and ultimately became the kingdom of Israel. Now this is a type of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God for us though is not an external realm. The kingdom of God for us, according to Jesus' teaching, is an internal realm that we enter into where in this realm we are experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy. We're experiencing that sense of being as we should be. We're living in our new identity. We, we, ha we, that, that's righteousness. And, and we're, uh, we're empowered to live godly lives. And we have peace because we know that we have access to all of God's resources. And then we know that because we're intimately connected to Him, that all those resources are available to us. He's our provider. He's our protector. And then we have joy. We have that internal celebration uh, not necessarily because of what's going on out there, even though things out there always do get better, but because of what's happening on, on the inside. And so in this thing about, uh, about offenses and forgiveness, these are factors that can determine and will determine if you will ever enter into what the New Testament calls the kingdom of God that place where your needs are met. You're, you know, you're taking care of, not because it's, you're not earning it. You know, it's sort of like this. I, I, I think about it like this. You know, the Bible says that, you know, you know, he called me to his banqueting table. He invited me to his banqueting table. Well, we'll, we'll stop and think. You know, if there's a if there's hundred people outside 
and it's cold out there and the wind's blowing and man, I've got a warm fire going in my house. I've got a big banqueting table. I'm, I'm ready to feed these people and, and I'm ready to treat them like royalty. And, and so, so my, my representative, which would be the Holy Spirit, go, you know, goes out and, and, and bids all people to come in and join the feast. Now, a lot of people are just going to say, oh, okay, and they're going to come in and they're going to be in here and it's going to be warm. They're going to have all the food they can eat. They're going to be protected, you know, in, in every way because they're under my care. But there's going to be some people that for one reason or the other might not enter in. Now, that's the way believers are who don't enter into the kingdom realm. There's something they believe. There's something they're afraid of. Uh, there is uh, uh, some feeling of disqualification. There's some feeling of inadequacy or lack that is causing them to think that even though the invitation has come, that maybe it's really not for them. And so even though all of this has been freely provided, they will never partake of it. That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. God promised them this great nation and this land that will have great provision, great resources, that have God's protection. And the majority of people that came out of Egypt died in the wilderness journey and never even got to see the promised land. Now, now stop and think about that. It was promised to them. It was provided for them. God provided a way for them to get there. But all along the way, they kept falling into fear, unbelief, personal disqualifications, limiting, all of, the, all of these things that made it impossible for them to enter into the thing that they wanted more than anything else. And you always tell people, it's like, you know, they had been slaves for hundreds of years. You know, when you got generation after generation raised up in slavery, financial slavery, uh, 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 emotional wounds and abuse, any kind of slavery, it doesn't matter what it is, a victim's mentality. When you've got a lifetime of growing up in those kinds of environments, you and you alone, not the environment, makes it impossible for you to have a better quality of life. And, and you do it just like the children of Israel did it. They came out of Egypt, but they still saw themselves as slaves. And because of the way they saw themselves, they projected that onto God and tried to relate to him like a, like a taskmaster instead of a loving father who they could trust. And at every turn, they tended to not trust him and not follow his direction. And so they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and uh, a new generation had to be raised up that could actually go in and, and receive these promises. Man, I don't want to wander in the wilderness. And wandering in the wilderness is really kind of a type of just being in the flesh, uh, of, of trusting my senses, my natural senses more than I trust God, and, and operating my plan and my wisdom because I really don't trust that God's plan you know, will work for me. It's amazing, you know, our concepts of righteousness. People think about righteousness as, uh, as being perfect, you know, ethically, morally, ritually, religiously perfect and flawless. Oh, that's, that's, really, that's really not what it, what it is. Uh, <clears throat> and so some people are like, I don't want to be righteous. I can never have fun if I'm a righteous person. 
Well, that's because of a, a, a wrong view of righteousness. And so they're not interested in trusting God. They, they think God's ways will be hard and difficult and they'll, they'll, they'll never make it. And one of the places that we do that is in this thing of offenses. You know, I have shared this with you now for something like eight or nine weeks about, about how to stop the pain. And listen, I am telling you, you know, I just had an ordeal in my life just just a few days ago that I'm telling you, uh, when I was 25 years younger, it probably would have devastated me. I would have, I would have become, I would have become totally obsessed with this conflict that I'd had with this person. It would, it would have consumed me. I would have, I mean, I'm telling you, it would have affected my sleep. It would have affected my, the way I ate. It I would have been stressed and tense. I would have probably vacillated between anger and pain you know, uh, uh, sorrow and all those kinds of things. Well, you know, yep, the situation brought pain. But remember, I can deal with pain by forgiveness, by sending the pain away. And the great thing is, when you send the pain away, the, see, the thing that makes you stumble, the offense is not what the person did, is how that person, how that affected you. And we, did, we learn that how it affects you is based on all of the judgments that you make about why the person did what they did. And, and so the minute I attach that significance to it, that determines what starts happening inside me. So it is that offense that's inside me, that emotion, that feeling of lack, that feeling of inadequacy, that feeling of I am not enough, that feeling of, of being rejected, whatever that negative feeling is, that is the offense because it is that feeling that and that belief that makes you stumble at life stumble in your relationships, stumble in your relationship with that person, stumble in your relationship with God. I mean, a stumble in managing your health properly, stumble in, in enjoying life. I mean, you just, you just go down the list that every time, every time you try to move into one of these arenas of life, you find yourself stumbling and, and it's not going just exactly like it should. Well, you know, in this particular situation, man, I had acute pain for several hours. And, and, but you know, I did what I, what I'm teaching you to do. I got in, in a relaxed place. I got in my heart zone. I got in touch with that pain. I got in touch with that offense. And I said, no, I don't want you. You're not from God. I don't accept you. I don't need you. You don't bring any benefit to my life. So pain and sorrow, I command you to leave right now. And I, I let you go right now. And right now I put on the peace of God. And Father, I thank you that, that as I abide in peace, I'll get your wisdom for how to walk this out. And you know, you know, here's the amazing thing. Once you get rid of that, once you get rid of that pain and you get into the place of peace, you can hear the voice of God and you can get the wisdom for God's plan. And you know what? This situation was resolved in just a few days. And, and now if I hadn't got rid of that pain, then I could, and had not come back to the place of peace, even when that other person wanted to work things out, I probably, you know, I might've gone through the motions, but I never would have, I never would have gotten rid of the pain. I never would have resolved it. And I might have even rejected that person. I might've acted in some ungodly way toward that person. Because you see, until you're at peace, you can't be merciful. You can't even be open. You can't even be objective about, about what's going on in your life. But remember, Jesus said, 
over in John 20, he said there are two options when somebody sins against you. Remember the word sin gets into making you feel lack, feel less than, feel unqualified, all those kinds of things. He's saying there's only two options. There is no option three. Option number one is you forgive. You send it away. And now if you haven't listened to all of these, you may say, what do you mean send it away? I can't go back into all that. But that's in the Hebrew and the Greek, that is really the word, what the meaning of the word. What's interesting in the Hebrew, it presents a concept that when you're the one that forgives, it's like you're a light shining in the darkness. You're glistening in the glory of God. You are showing and demonstrating the goodness of God because you're going to send this away. You're not going to brood on it and get mean and, and all that kind of stuff. And he says, so you can do that and go on with your life and have peace and, and righteousness, peace and joy. You can live in this kingdom realm or you can hold on to it. I want to tell you something. I don't have time to go into all of this right now. I, I, I have a, a series called Wisdom for Healing that I'm telling you uh, teaches you from a biological point of view and from a biblical point of view how when we take these things into us, they take root in us. They become a part of our cellular memory. They start affecting our body. And I'm telling you, th this is, remember, almost all, almost all disease comes from some form of stress. And when you, when you have stress inside you, which is pain is a stress, anything, anything that causes you to strive, that's a temptation. Anything that causes you to strive, to struggle, to feel condemned, to feel judged, to feel scrutinized, any of that is a form of stress. And when anywhere in your body that you're holding stress, then the cells in that part of your body stop functioning the way they're supposed to function. Eventually, inflammation comes in. Uh, your pH changes in, in, in that part of your body. When your pH changes, the energy's going down in those cells. And at some point, at some point, when the energy, actually the pH, which represents electrical voltage, if you want to know three, when it gets low enough, then those cells literally reverse the direction that they're, that they're supposed to spin in. And when that happens, you are, you are moments away from cancer being able to grow in those cells. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, cancer's exploding all over the world. I mean, besides all the industrial pollution, besides all those things, I won't tell you what, the number one thing is the offenses, the pains that we're holding inside of us instead of sending them away. Now, and by the way, if, if you really, you know, if you're watching this and you're saying, man, I want to get this, I want to understand this, but I, I need more personal help. You know, because I deal with tens of thousands of people on a daily basis and hundreds of thousands of people at times and indirectly with millions of people around the world, I obviously am no longer able to sit down with people and have counseling sessions. But I'll tell you what I, what I do I do coaching, online coaching for groups of people. And in January, I just want you to, I just want to get this out of the way and then get on with what I want to say. But in January, the best way to, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, the best way to make a New Year's resolution, keep it, is get rid of those offenses that have caused you to stumble every time you've made a resolution in the past, every time you've made a good choice, every time you created a plan and somehow you just stumbled and you just couldn't bring it to pass. Well, I'll tell you something, January the 1st, you can become a part of a special program that we have. Impact Ministries has a special outreach that we call Impact Unlimited. And 
about every three months, I have a life transformation workshop of some kind, which is 30 days of walking through something, 30 days of doing exercises to develop your heart, 30 days of developing yourself so that you uh, can get past this stuff, not just learn information about it, get past it. And then we have a live interactive Facebook group that meets a couple of times a week and uh, you can be a part of that. So if you want to get a, in, in, into that, you want to find out more about it, uh, you go to impactministries.com and click on the icon for Impact Unlimited. And the reason we call it Impact Unlimited is because it is a subscription site that you join and you pay a very uh, modest monthly fee. And not only do you get access to all of these uh, life transformation workshops that we do, but all of my new material that comes out, it is there. You don't have to buy it. It is available in this program. So, man, I'm doing everything I can to make it possible for you to get the help that you want to get. You know, I get phone call after phone call after phone call and email after email. Would you counsel with me? Would you? I can't. I just, I can't counsel with thousands and thousands of people. But you know what I can? In a group setting, if we go through it all together, I can coach you, help develop you, and help you work through these problems. So, so check out Impact Unlimited, and I'm telling you what, you, you, you want to get your name on the list is what you really want to do, because you can join now, or you can just get your name on the list and come into it right when we launch January 1st. Anyhow, that's enough of that. I want to go back and talk a little bit about the principle of the seed. Now, see, if you, if you take, if you over-literalize the Word of God, then the seed that Jesus was talking about in the, uh, uh, the parable of the sower is the Word of God. But that, that, in the Greek, it's the logos of God. Now, the logos is more than just a literal spoken word. The words that you think about, even though nobody else is speaking them, they are words. And because you're thinking about them, it's just like hearing them, and therefore they can actually, they can actually get in, into your heart. So I want you to realize whether it's the Word of God or the Word of the person who hurts you, whether it's the Word of a hateful teacher, whether it's the Word of a critical overbearing parent, whether it's the Word of a spouse that, that divorced you and beat you down emotionally, uh, uh, because they hated you. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter who said it or why they said it. When you think about that, then you become the sower. And as the sower, you're going down through here scattering seed in the soil, and the soil represents your heart. And so whatever, whatever you're thinking, remember Jesus said, with the measure you meet, it's measured to you again. So you know, at the very least, we understand whatever degree of attention I give to this determines what the impact is that comes back to me. So if I'm, if I'm measuring and giving attention and thinking about and remembering and pondering and imagining, if I, you know, about some hurtful event or some hurtful words that said to me that I'm sowing seeds out in my field and that field is my heart. And what's going to happen, those seeds are going to grow. And when they grow, they are going to produce a crop that is just like the seed. In other words, the crop is going to be more hurt, more pain, more rejection, more shame, more feeling of being belittled. Now, <clears throat> 
the, fir the first law of the seed, and this is, I I'm repeating something I taught several weeks ago, but adding some components to it. The first law of the seed, first of all, is that every seed bears after its own kind. And we've, I've said this over and over and over again. If you think on negative things, you will have a negative crop, whatever, whatever you're thinking. If you think, about, if you, if, if you think on things that produce fear, you're going to have a crop of more things that produce fear. And it's not going to be, you think it's coming to you from the world outside of you? No, it's coming to you uh, from the world inside you. It is the crop that's growing because of the seeds that you have planted into your life. Now, in, in, the, in the beginning, when God spoke, and, and, and God created the law of the seed and he created these plants that would, that these seeds would, these seed producing plants and every seed would bear after its own kind. And, and the seed, you know, bore fruit. And he said it was good. Now in the Hebrew, almost any time, not every time probably, but almost any time you see the word good in the Old Testament, uh, it has something to do with harmonizing. And so, God was saying, when the heart and the seed harmonizes, then it's good. God was saying, when you plant the seed into the soil, it harmonizes and works together to produce the harvest that's going to come from the particular kind of seed that was planted. Now, the book of Proverbs, and it doesn't say this in the King James Version, but it, 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 uh, the Septuagint, I think, leans toward this. The Amplified Bible leans toward this, and the original language leans toward this. It says that he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide. Now, now here's the real truth. We are all, every minute that you're thinking, and, and we're all thinking all the time, every minute that we are thinking, we are planting some kind of seed in our life, in our heart. And that seed is going to grow and it's going to produce a crop after its own kind. If, it's, if, it's, if we're thinking thoughts of fear, if we're thinking thoughts of lack, if we're thinking thoughts, you know, th this, is, this is why positive thinking is healthy. Now, positive thinking is, 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 some people are critical of positive. I'm not critical of positive thinking, but most people really don't know how to manage positive thinking from a biblical perspective. Uh, a positive thinking to me is just simply any situation that I look at, I want to factor in the promise of God. You know, just like this situation I explained that I went through just, just not long ago. So I'm factoring into this that I have the peace of God. Didn't, have, didn't feel like I had peace. I have the peace of God. I have the wisdom of God working in me. You know, God always leads me in paths of righteousness. God always leads me into the wisdom to know how to resolve these kinds of things. I am a peacemaker. I am committed to bringing peace to this situation. Now, I wasn't just quoting those constantly, but I'm just telling you, every time a negative seed would try to come in, I'm going to choke that negative seed out with the seed of life, with the Word of God. Now, this is, this is a law that you've got to understand. Now, number one... You can't plant a little bit of seed of the Word of God, the promises of God, and a whole lot of seed of fear, unbelief, doubt, wrath, you know, criticism, judgment, anger, da-da-da. You can't plant all those seeds 
and expect the Word of God to flourish because Jesus said, and, you know, and one of the earliest laws of the seed is you can't plant opposing seeds or diverse seeds, as the King James says, in the same furrow, because if you do, it'll choke out the good seed. So when I am thinking those things, when I am talking those things, when I am feeling those emotions, I am planting seed that will choke out the Word of God. And so people have this concept of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to confess the Word, I'm going to say the Word, I'm going to say the Word. But then every time they stop that, they end up going back and thinking about all these hurtful things. You know, <clears throat> here's something. And so, so let me just say this before I go to the most important statement I'm going to make about all this. Uh, if you fill your heart with the Word of God, then the Word of God will choke out the occasional bad seed that you plant. You know, I'm not saying I never have a negative thought. I'm not saying I never have a fear. I'm just saying what's growing in my heart chokes that out because what's growing in my heart more than anything else is the promises of God, who God is, who I am to God, my relationship to God. And it's pretty much effortless. It's not something you have to work at. But, but now here's the most important thing I want you to understand. You can only do this consistently when it actually is rooted in your heart. You just can't do this by positive thinking. I'm all about positive thinking, but positive thinking is just one step in a process that ends up influencing your heart. And as long as it's positive thinking and you're not knowing how to bring that into your heart, then the truth is it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to land on hard soil. Uh, you know, seed that lands on hearts, hard soil doesn't grow. It just dries up and self-accusation and all those things end up robbing it from you. But I'm going to tell you something. When you, when you can plant seed in your heart and you know how to do that and you know how to nurture that seed, then once something becomes a belief of your heart, then it is impossible for any outside source to change that. I want to tell you something. You are killing yourself when you think, imagine, remember, ponder, consider, you know, review all of these offenses. And all you're doing is planting more seed in your heart. I'll tell you something. When you send that away, and you have the right to send it away because Jesus has already shed his blood and, and broken the power of all that stuff over you. It doesn't mean it doesn't show up. It means it has no power over you unless you choose to give it power. But I want to tell you something. I want to take you on a journey. And this is, this is part of what we're going to do in January. This is what I do in heart work. I want to take you on a journey where you establish your heart in a way that destruction, sorrow, poverty, fear, shame, wrath, self-pity, where, where these things can't even grow in your life. And that can only happen when you learn how to influence your heart and the Word of God. Not just gather information, 
but influence the Word of God in your heart. You know something? I, ho I hope you'll consider joining me in this, in this. And this is apart from Cyber Church. This is something special that we do. Uh, like I said, it's a special ministry of Impact Ministries. It's called Impact Unlimited because we want to give you unlimited resources and coaching to help you deal with your heart issues and, and make it this. Listen, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure and, and like this program so that pe other people all over the world will hear it and subscribe to it. If you want to keep getting good information in your, in your life and that's going to help you make this journey with God, be, be sure and uh, uh, subscribe to this. And every week you'll know or every time I come out with something and be sure to download our free mobile app so that you can get my daily blogs, everything that I've got there. Listen, we want to be a blessing to you. We want to be a help to you. We're, cre we're working hard to create every way you can imagine to serve you and to reach the world. I'll be talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.